Let's Talk Bible. I am Evangelist Ebony Mitchell, and on this podcast, we will search the scriptures to show and discuss just how relevant the Bible, the scriptures, the inspired word of God is right now in our lives and all that we see going on in this present time. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So join us on our journey as we discover what God has to say about it. to this week's episode of Let's Talk Bible. It's good to have you all joining in. Hallelujah via Facebook, via YouTube, and on our website if you're there at www.xoutreach18.org. We thank God for you joining in with us. Um on this week's episode, um, we'd like to welcome also our um, subscribers on um, uh, the podcast platforms. Um, we have um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and I believe Stitcher Podcasts. And if you have not, Subscribe to either of those. Take your pick. Subscribe and keep you updated on our episodes each week that we will be putting out um, to discuss what God has to say about various topics, um, various issues, various um, um situations, um, whatever it has to do surrounding the word of God. Um, we want to make sure that we are getting understanding of God's word. God wants us to get understanding for scripture tells us wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom and with all thine getting get understanding Hallelujah. So this week's episode, because we understand that God's words, God's word tells us, hallelujah, in Leviticus chapter 19 and 2, 
hallelujah, to be holy for I, the Lord, your God am holy. So we want to discuss today what holy means. What does it mean to be holy as God is holy? Hallelujah. So we'll be coming from Leviticus 19 as well as um, 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, and we'll give the verses of where we'll start Um a little later in the episode but those are the main scriptures that we will be um coming from um the old testament scripture of leviticus 19 where god is establishing the nation of israel um, to be distinct and separated from all other nations and then in first peter we see that and this um the time has come where um Jesus had come and died for our sins and became that sacrifice became um that atonement for us um and pretty much became the example for us of what it looks like and this was a spiritual um a spiritual description or a spiritual um uh, metaphor um a spiritual comparison with that of in Leviticus Leviticus was more on a a natural um a natural level of of God establishing the nation of Israel and spiritually so today we are spiritually grafted in and there are some things that God still um, requires us to be separated from just as he did when he established the nation of Israel so we're just going to discuss that um, and kind of bring those two together um, to kind of show and bring out the understanding of what it means to be holy and because that is what God is calling for us to be um, that is um, what God requires of us and it's not for us to do it in and of ourselves it is a work performed by the grace of God in us and through us um, it does take us to our submission to that but um, in our surrender to God um, so that he is able to work in us and through us uh, to bring about this holiness, the holiness that he is, his holiness. Um, he pretty much clothes us in his righteousness and he purifies us. Um, it's a process of purification, sanctification, separateness. It's a process. And so, but it takes us to submit and surrender to the process and the working of the spirit of God in us. And so that's going to be our um, discussion today. And we are going to start out with prayer, hallelujah, praying and asking God for understanding, hallelujah, and, and, and that our ears be open and in tune with what God is saying to us. Hallelujah, yes, Lord, hallelujah, that we may, hallelujah, get a mind to surrender and submit ourselves to his will hallelujah father in the name of jesus we come before you lord god as humble as we know how 
Thanking you, Lord God, for your mercy and your grace. Hallelujah. Thanking you, Lord God, for the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That dwells on the inside of us, O oh God. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For keeping us. We thank you, O oh God. Hallelujah. For allowing us to see this day. Hallelujah. A day that we never seen before. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Another day to get right. Hallelujah. What we didn't get right on yesterday, O oh God. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, for your faithfulness, O oh God, for your unconditional love. Hallelujah. Extended toward us. Your grace that is extended. Hallelujah to us. Hallelujah. Grace that is undeserving. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, but you give it to us anyway because that's who you are. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. And we thank you for it. Hallelujah. We thank you for second chances. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Third chances. Hallelujah. Sometimes four, five, and six chances, oh God, to get right. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. And you, hallelujah, allow us to get understanding. You open up our eyes, hallelujah, spiritually, oh God. And hallelujah, our ears spiritually, oh God, that we may see and hear and be able to discern, hallelujah, truth from a lie. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So we're asking, oh God, that you, hallelujah, continue to reveal to us the truth of your word. Hallelujah. For truly it takes you, oh God, to reveal the mysteries of your word unto us. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. It's like a light bulb comes on. Hallelujah. When you bring us revelation, when you bring us understanding, hallelujah. And with that understanding, oh God, we're able to apply it to our lives daily, oh God. So we ask that you help us to get understanding of hope because you are calling us to be holy hallelujah yes lord for you are holy we are to be hallelujah the temple hallelujah of the holy ghost hallelujah yes lord and so hallelujah yes lord we know that and you know that we need your help oh god in all things hallelujah yes lord we ask that you help us to get a mind hallelujah to submit hallelujah to your help hallelujah for you're always there to help oh god hallelujah yes lord not trying to justify ourselves and not trying to make excuses for ourselves but pressing more into you oh god that you may give us strength hallelujah courage and hallelujah endurance hallelujah patience hallelujah hallelujah all those characteristics that are like you oh god hallelujah that we may become more and more like you each and every day hallelujah yes lord jesus oh lord we ask that you touch hearts touch minds hallelujah yes lord with your word oh god hallelujah for only you can bring the increase to any seed that is planted hallelujah for you send some to plant you send some to water hallelujah but lord oh god you give the increase and we're praying oh god that you give the increase hallelujah to this word and every word hallelujah that is hallelujah brought out hallelujah on this platform hallelujah yes lord in the name of jesus we thank you and we praise you for all things hallelujah amen hallelujah yes lord thank god hallelujah for his holiness hallelujah that he has allowed us to be partakers in hallelujah I want to start at Leviticus, hallelujah, because it starts out here, um, naturally so, um, there were some ceremonial, um, there was ceremonial, um, parts of the law, um, that was kept. Um, to all the offering up of the sacrifices that they did um, 
But also Leviticus just pretty much points out everything that God established uh, for the nation of Israel. He established them to be separate from all other nations. He, everything that God put in place for them to do or not to do were separate. It was consecrated. It was set apart. It was different. It was distinct. It was unique um, from all other nations. And so when all other nations saw how even down to what they wore, when all other nations looked upon the nation of Israel, they knew that these were people of God. These were the people of God. And so the reason why I first uh, Peter, it, we're going to go there as well, is because now we see this same concept on a spiritual note. Um, and those those things that established in, in Leviticus, some things were considered unclean, so they couldn't eat it. Um, a different uh, things that happened day to day, they would have to offer up sacrifices for. There were so many sacrifices that they had to offer uh, for um, in Leviticus. And that's what that book is. Just all the things that um, that had to be offered up for various reasons. Um, but we're going to go there. Leviticus chapter 19. And and this is just um, the part of, of being holy and the Lord God spake unto Moses in um, verse 1 the Lord spake unto Moses saying speak unto all the congregations of the children of Israel and say unto them ye shall be holy for I the Lord your God am holy ye shall fear every man his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not to idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord, ye shall offer it at your own will. It shall be eaten the same day. You shall offer it and on the morrow. And if I remain until the third day, it shall be burnt in the fire. And if it be eaten at all on the third day, it is abominable. It shall not be accepted. Therefore, everyone that eateth it shall bear his iniquity. Because he hath profaned the hollow thing of the Lord. And that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And I only just I just read that down. Um, read that down. Um, uh, I'm sorry. 
Bring it back down. Sorry. Um, so I just read that down to verse 8 because I just wanted to complete that thought of um, what was being said here and what God was saying. Um, this is a portion where it's talking about idol worship um, and the peace offering um, that they would offer up um, if there was any odd or isms, schisms that as we would, you know. Um, they would have to offer sacrifices for that. There were so many things like that they would have to offer sacrifices for. Um, but the main scripture is 19 and 2 where it says to speak unto the congregation of Israel and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And this is said throughout. Um, this is what God is calling for us to be. Um, pretty much like him, holy, separated from sin and consecrated or set apart to God, sanctified and devoted. And I'm just going to um, see what the, um, this is a portion of that definition. Um In um, in in Leviticus, the Hebrew word because it's Old Testament, so Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So then the Hebrew word for holy is kadosh. I think that's what it is, but we're about to see. Let's see what it is. Strong's H sixty nine eighteen, Kadosh. 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 So that is um, Strong's H sixty nine eighteen. Sorry. Kadosh. Kadosh. Second entry. Kadosh. Kadosh. Okay. So that is um, Hebrew. The Strong's Hebrew. Um, H sixty nine eighteen. Um, that's and if you have a um, if you're not familiar with Blue Letter Bible, um, this this is electronic, um, pretty much a electronic Hebrew Greek study Bible. Um, and so it's important to have either a Hebrew Greek study Bible or Blue Letter Bible. Um, some type of um study Bible where you are able to look up these words um, in their and um, the root of these words where they stem from um, the origin of them um, what it meant in the language that it was written in um, because that's what helps us to get a better understanding and clarity to what's being said in a particular portion of scripture because when we go over even to the new testament which is written in greek we'll get another word for this same word of holy it's not like totally different um as far as definitions but sometimes you will find that um just as we have in the english dictionary we pull up a word and it can mean 
two different things or have three different types of definitions. And so we have to take the definition that applies to what we're saying or that, you know, applies to the context of what we're trying to say. And so um, because all the definitions will not apply um, in every scenario, in every case, um, in this case, um, in Leviticus, uh, that Hebrew word kadosh means to be sacred, set apart. Um, let's see what else it has. And again, I am in um, the lexicon, or um, if you're on if you're on uh, Blue Letter Bible, if you go to Blue Letter Bible, you will press on the twos. And pull up interlinear. This will that will bring you to the page um, of the scripture, and then you'll click on the letters. Well, it'll say G. Oh, I'm sorry, it'll say H sixty nine eighteen. Then you click on that, and then it'll bring up. It'll pull up the definition to the word holy. And so that's what we're looking at. The word holy. Um, it means sacred. Um, and in this case, ceremonial, ceremonially or morally, um, by eminence, um, I'm sorry, ceremonial, sacred, ceremonially or morally, um, in the noun form, God by eminence, um, a saint, um, a sanctuary, uh, would be considered. Um, holy and in this and it says um, so one part portion of the definition of God as separate apart and so sacred and holy um, and then B says separate from human infirmity impurity and sin and there are different um, scriptures, um, Leviticus 19 and 2 being included. So this is the one that this particular um, definition, the other definition had different scriptures. But in this case, um, we're looking at separate from human infirmity, impurity, and sin. And um, just as we discussed, or as I was saying, um, words have different definitions and so you have to look at the context of what you're reading to determine which definition fits um the context of scripture that you are reading or you know whether it be on a natural level if you're not even looking at scripture you still want to make sure the definition that you're applying to what's being said is correct or then or you won't get the full understanding of what's being said so it'll distort your understanding pretty much and so um, we want to make sure so that um, is what holy is in this context separate from human infirmity impurity and sin um, and it gives a few um, scriptures Joshua 24 19 and Joshua said unto the people you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God he is a jealous God he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins and then this it was talking about um this was joshua talking to the congregation or uh the children of israel um while they when they were in the wilderness um 
and they just were very um, uh, disobedient as we are today. Um, they're pretty much an example for us of what not to do. So when we look at um, the children of Israel and when we do Old Testament um, studies or we, we're following or reading through the, the text in the Old Testament and looking how God established the children of Israel and how, you know, he performed all types of miracles for them and um, how they, you know, how they still went about doing as we do today. You know, we may see God, you know, keep us here or do this or protect us there and, and we still go in our own way. And the scripture tells us there's a way that seemeth right to a man. And a lot of times we think our morally goodness is okay. But we have to understand that it's not um, morally goodness that is going to um, help us to be holy. It's God's grace upon us that helps us to be holy. Um, it's God extending his grace to us. Um, that helps us to be holy. Is God clothing us in His righteousness? Is God, you know, um, you know, helping us to be that which He is calling for us to be? Because it's something that we cannot do in and of ourselves. Um, just as the um, the Holy Ghost is, it's, it's not um, by works that we are saved, um, but by but it's by grace, um, and that is in um, Ephesians. So it says not um sorry Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 um for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So this is not a thing where we work for and we get it, you know, we get it or we, we pay for it and we can get it. It is a gift of God. It is something that we are, we are undeserving of. It is something that we cannot earn, um, but by grace are we saved and grace is receiving something receiving something that you do not deserve grace is receiving something that you do not deserve um sin the penalties of sin the wages of sin the scripture tells us is death for the wages of sin is death. And so, and that's an eternal death. That is, you know, it's appointed for a man once to die. Then after that, the judgment, that's also scripture. Um, so there is an eternal death that sin brings, just like in the garden when God told <clears throat> Adam and Eve not to eat of that tree or they shall surely die. And so when the enemy came to tempt, uh, you know them or Eve to eat of the tree um he said you know he said what he said as far as you know um 
you should not surely die or, you know, just to get Eve and, and Eve questioned what God had said. And no, they didn't drop dead right then. But there was an eternal death that that brought about because even after that, you know, death came into place. There was not supposed to even be death, period. Um, there was not supposed man wouldn't have had to work to the sweat of his brow and woman wouldn't have had to travail and labor and, you know, uh, delivery, you know, as far as children. Um, but those were some of the things that were put into place because of that sin. Um, and eternal death was one of them because sin brought in a, a separation. And so uh, from God. And so now God has put into place being holy again because he created us holy in the image and his image and his likeness. His image is holy. His likeness is holy. He is a holy God. Um, and so when he first created mankind, he created us in his image and in his likeness. And um, holiness was a part of that image. And so he's trying to get us back to a state that's separated from sin that came in in the beginning and so um so god's grace by god's grace we are uh given to mankind undeservingly um and not by works or morals um this this is a grace that is given to mankind undeservingly and not by works or morals and so what our part in it is to receive it and submit to and surrender to uh, the word of God, the working of the spirit of God in us um, and through us. Because not only do God want to save us from that eternal death, but he also wants to work in us and through us for those that he has allowed us to be connected to. And so back to the distinct separation um, with the children of Israel and Leviticus. Um, if, if you And you can go back and read Leviticus if you're one that is, you know, picking up your word, studying, trying to get understanding. Read the book of Leviticus, um, even in 19, but all throughout the book, it's a lot of things that um, shows the distinct separation, how God put into place all these things, these sacrifices, the things that they could wear, the things that they could not wear, the things that they could eat, the things that they could not eat. All of these things were put into place not to hold on, not for us to hold on to. This was something that God was establishing in the children of Israel to make them a distinct nation separated from all other nations. This is the point that God was making um in 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 this um in that in his establishing of israel um he was making them distinct separate different from all other nations and so when we come up to um first peter um chapter one and i will start at verse one just for the sake of understanding um, what's being said here, but it's talking about salvation, um, hope and salvation, um, salvation, the continual is that process. Salvation is a process of being saved. Um, and so that salvation is continual. Um, and it's a continual, we work in daily, um, to sanctify, to purify, to keep ourselves clean and unspotted 
from sin and those things that are not like God. And so um, here, um, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time or the last days wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love in whom though now ye see him not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you searching that or what manner of time the spirit of christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of jesus christ and the glory that should follow unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the holy ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into wherefore gird up the loins of your mind be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of jesus christ as obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance and just simply mean not knowing the lust that you had when you didn't know if you come into the knowledge of the truth then don't fashion yourselves after those things with which you formerly did because of not knowing or your ignorance but as he which hath called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written 
how we just read in Leviticus, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. And if you call on the father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work passes or pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's holy. Without blemish, without spot, without sin, pure. He was pure without sin, who ver verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Who by him do believe in God, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls, that's holiness, purification is holiness, it's, it's holiness, purification. Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. And this is um, uh, talking to um, um, the church being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So we're just going to go back up in the main um, verses that I wanted to focus on was um, those which were describing um, holiness and what it means to um, be holy and here holy um, is it's going to be a, a G if you have a Hebrew Greek study Bible and you go in your concordance and you look it up uh, by holy you should have like um, that letter G with numbers next to it it should be G40 which that G um, stands for Greek um, because we're now in the New Testament reading it's in the New Testament was written in Greek and so or you know from originally um, in Greek so we have G40 um, to define um, holy here and let's see what that pronunciation is I think it's Hagios I think it is Strong's G40 Hagios Hagios Hagias. Hagias. So here we have um, holy, separated from sin and consecrated or set apart 
for the use of for God's use sanctified devoted um and character is God likeness or Christ likeness what does that mean God is perfect God is without sin God is pure um so here spiritually when we are born again God calls us to come from among among the world and be separate um he describes those that are born again um um you are a holy nation a royal priesthood a peculiar peculiar is uh different unusual not like the rest um stand out set apart um distinct god makes he has always even as we as i kind of went into um the establishing of the children of israel the reason that those things were set into place for the children of israel was to make them distinct from all other nations so that when people looked upon this particular group of people they knew that these people were people of god they knew that god's glory was upon them they saw the glory of god upon them why because there was a distinct separation there was a difference they didn't operate they didn't speak like they didn't look like all other nations they were separate and i mean it even down to what they wore and then when you read through the book of leviticus you'll see that everything that was put into place and everything they had to offer sacrifices for and just the different things that um to keep them pure it was a thing that kept them purified uh sanctified a uh, holy undefiled um they couldn't come in you know to contact even some of like of the nazarites they couldn't come into contact with nothing dead um or they would be considered unclean and so it's symbolism it's symbolic the way that god established the children of israel and the things that they couldn't touch and the things that they couldn't eat it's it was symbolic to what he was going to do through the work of jesus christ and so when jesus came jesus became that sacrifice and then he ushered in that which was to come through that sign, through that sign of, of or through the, the, the symbolism of what he did in the children of Israel, Jesus, he brought in Jesus in the new to bring up, to fulfill that, to fulfill that. So now we don't have to offer sacrifices for our sins. Now we don't need a priest to go into the holy of holies to uh, atone for our sins or to offer up a sacrifice for our sins yearly. They did that yearly. Now we are able to come boldly before the throne of grace ourselves. Now we're able to have the spirit living on the inside of us ourselves. Then the spirit dwelt with them. And now the spirit dwells in us. So now there's a work working on the inside of us to bring about that holiness, that sanctification, that purification. And so that's what the spirit of God does. It's important to have the spirit of God before even trying to, because there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to put us back in that state of holiness that God created us in the beginning, that he designed us like in the beginning 
um, in his image and his likeness. There's no way that we can put ourselves back into the image of God is going to take God and the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us to be able to put us back, to restore us back, to regenerate us, um, to renew us. Um, and that's why the word born again is used because we were born into sin, shaping in iniquity. And to be born again means to be uh, reborn, reestablished, restored back to an original state. When you restore something, um, you're restoring it back to an original state. Um, it's like a, a wood dresser. If you want to, you know, shave it down, they call it uh, something. Uh, but you can restore you can restore furnishings and pieces of furniture. You can restore it by stripping it down, stripping it down. And then, you know, uh, if it's wood, you, you know, you get all the little nicks and crannies out all the, you know, to make it a smooth surface. And then you go over it with, you know, uh, they call it something, the primer and then the wood stain. If you want to stain it, you can go over it with that. But. And that's what the spirit of God comes to do with us. It comes in and it, it begins this work within. It's not a work that's done without first. It's a work that's done within. He said in Isaiah, I will, uh, or Ezekiel, I think it was 36. 36, 26. Um, Jesus, a new spirit. So we're praying for a new spirit, a new, a new mind. He said also, let me see. Let me see what 25 says. Hallelujah. 36 and 26, a new heart also will I give you a new spirit will i put within you and i will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and i will give you a heart of flesh and i will put my spirit within you this is the old testament this is the prophet ezekiel um god speaking through the prophet ezekiel as to which was what what was going to come this is him speaking um future tense god is using the prophet ezekiel to speak that which was to come through the work of jesus christ on the cross those sins had to be atoned for once and for all so that then we can be renewed and restored back to a place of uh holiness um in the image of in the image of god um and so he says, again, in chapter 36, 26, a new heart, Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them he shall keep my judgments and do them 
So the spirit of God will cause us. It will cause us. It will give us a mind, a new mind, a new mind. Unless, you know, we don't want a new mind because it doesn't force itself. We have to get to a place and desire something different. Desire a new desire God. I'm going to put it that way. We have to get to a place where we desire God and his way where we want to know what. Okay, I've done whatever I wanted to do up until now. And yeah, I believe God and yeah, I, you know, acknowledge God, you know, here and there. But I want to know if it's a little more to this. I wonder if it's a little more than what I've known even up until now. So here we are submitting ourselves to God and here we are asking God, Lord, Lord, lead me to, to, to the depth of what you have for me, Lord. Because Jesus didn't only die for our sins, he died that we may have a chance at eternal life. He died to give us an opportunity to be reconciled back to God. Scripture tells us that God was in Christ reconciling his creation back to himself. And so um, because we were separated, again, separated from God because of sin. To be holy means to be separated from sin. And so now God is reversing that when we are born again um, and that spirit comes, God, the spirit of God comes to live within us. Then that work begins that that work and, and, and God can work on an individual's mind even before being filled with the spirit. You know, but ultimately we need that power. We need the power of God living on the inside of us to bring about that change that only God can bring about. Um, and so holy, separated from sin and consecrated and set apart for God, for, for the use of God, for God's use. Um, sanctified, um, devoted to God. Um and God is perfect and we know that we can't be perfect unless God because God said I will I will so then here is where God can perfect those things concerning us because scripture tells us that he can um, and in Hebrews Chapter 10. Um, this is not what I was looking for, but it is something that um, is significant because the law was what we read over in Leviticus and how all those things was established to, um, to make a distinct separation between Israel and all of the nations. And that's what God is doing with born again believers today. He sets us apart. We're distinct. Um, you know, um, it's not just by word, um, or what we speak or, you know, oh, I'm a Christian and, and that's it. No, God makes a distinct separation. It, it looks like you are a follower of God. It, you just, your mannerisms, the way you carry yourself, um, um, everything that God does, he will come. Sorry. Jesus. Sorry guys. Um, everything that God does, he does it so that to separate those that 
that that are obeying him those that are walking in his will looks different and i'm not just talking about because god does see the heart but looks different walks different talk different operate different um even the favor of god on their lives it looks different is different um so so when i when i talk about um the distinct separation that god makes um with those that are that are serving him and those that are not or you know all the surrounding people um it's the same it's the same way he did it in the old testament and it's what he's doing spiritually today with you're born again um you begin to you know once you are filled with the holy ghost you just begin to not desire certain things like it's not like you just sat in back and conjured it up like yeah i'm just not going to want to do this and i'm not going to want to do that no it comes from the working of the spirit within an individual and we allow the spirit to work and then you know when we allow the spirit to work then that's the change that comes that's the change it, it, he brings about a change and i mean a change drastic change um and so um and this is just it's nothing new it's it's, it's it, he showed us that this is what he is calling for a people that is distinct, a people that is willing to be devoted and separated from the world. We know that the devil rules the world. The devil rules the rules the world. So if we are born again believers and we want to walk in the holiness of God, we're going to automatically stand out. We're going to automatically stand out and look different, talk different, walk different, um, because that's how God designed for it to be. Um, so Hebrews 10 for the law, having a shadow, the law, having a shadow, which is the law being an example of the good things to come. And it's talking about through Jesus Christ for the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices, which they offer year by year, continually make the comers there unto perfect saying it right there the law couldn't do it the law could not do it like the law and those sacrifices could not make the comers the people there unto perfect for when they for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when we cometh into the world, he saith, Jesus saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not but a body thou hast prepared me and then there's a, a scripture reference for um psalms 40 um six through eight sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire mine ears hast thou opened burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required then said I lo I come in the volume of the book it is written of me 
I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law it was is within my heart. And so here we are talking about here we are in Hebrews ten, and wherefore when he cometh into the world he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then I then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offering, and it, and he pulled that from Psalms forty six through eight. It says above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither hadest pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that which is of the law, that he may establish the second, which is Jesus Christ. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Not literally, right hand signifies power, right hand signifies authority. God gave him power. God gave Jesus power. God gave it to him. That's why we must go through Jesus. So that right hand that is talking about is not a literal right hand or a literal seat next to God. It signifies power. It signifies authority. The power and the authority of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. And um, we and, and in Corinthians, it talks about that once this is done, all power will be given back to God because there will not be no room, no more need. Sorry, there will be no more need for Jesus in the end once it's all said and done. Um, once his work here is complete, um, his work here is not complete until all that are to be saved, be saved until all that desires to be saved, be saved. Um, and so Jesus work is not done until it's done. And so that's why we, we must go through Jesus. Jesus sanctifies us. Jesus saves us. And so it says, um, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So he perfects. So it's not like, oh, you know, because and, and that's why we need the spirit of God to perfect. We're not perfect. No, not in and of ourselves. But God will perfect those things concerning us. And so it says, whereof the Holy, excuse me, guys, where whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that, he had said before. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts 
and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. He's issuing it in a new, a living way, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Back then in Leviticus, you'll read the Holy of Holies. Couldn't nobody go in there, but the priests that were called to go in there and they had to wash themselves and purify themselves and prepare themselves and get on the clean garments and nothing could be stained, spotted or anything. You going in the Holy, going to the Holy of Holies and you weren't ordained to go into the Holy of Holies. You know, you probably would drop dead. You would probably drop dead or, 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 you know, be overcome with leprosy, which is something that, you know, pretty much your flesh fall off after, you know, if you're not healed from it, if you, you know, if you're not, you know, healed or whatever from it. But so there was a, a requirement for even going into the Holy of Holies in the old, in the Old Testament. But Jesus came and now we're able to come boldly before his throne of grace. We're able to come into the presence of God ourselves. Um, but we do have to be mindful that, you know, there is a required way for us to come to God. We can't just come to God, no, any kind of a way. Um, we must come to God, um, you know, humbly. We must come to God um, holy and sanctified and consecrate. We must consecrate ourselves still, um, not in the manner that they did, but by the blood of Jesus Christ and um even with the spirit of God, like, um, you know, uh, in a, even in a, a repentant, um, mass having a repentant heart and we can't just come to God, you know, boastful as if he owes us something because he don't owe us anything. Um, and so there is a way that we still have to come before God. Um, first of all, believing that he is, you know, it says he's that he that comes to God must first believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Um, and so, um, and diligently seek him. That's a continual seeking. Um, and so it says, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us. He has set it apart. He has, you know, uh, that's what consecrated is. Um, he has set it apart for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Hallelujah, because there was a veil that hung between the holy place and the holy of holies in the temple, in the in the temple where where the priests will go in to offer these things. And you'll read about it again in Leviticus. These are all the things that were established. Uh, but now our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our bodies are the temples um, of God. And so um, we're now able to go before God and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that hath promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more. As ye see the day approaching. And so this just talked about the law and what the law served as um, and how the law was weak. And I don't think that was here, but that it is. Um, let me see in that. 
the law was weak. And I'm going to wrap this up here shortly. Okay, Romans 8 is where it talks about um, the law um, that we read, Leviticus. That's the, the book of the law. Um, and all that was established um, for the nation of Israel. And here in Romans 8, it's talking about... Um, and um and we're still on perfect i know we were um there and going there but here i just wanted to bring out that how the law was weak and how it it, it takes more than just believing it takes more than just doing um um, because Jesus came and he did away with the law. So it, it, he didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. I'm going to put it that way. Sorry. He fulfilled the law. And so here is saying for what the law could not do. Romans 8 chapter. I'm sorry. Chapter 8 verse 3. For what the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law because the law was righteousness it was righteous it was righteousness um it was right with god right standing with god god created it god designed it so the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and so it takes the spirit in order for us to be able to keep those things of god and so it says for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit and so if we're if we're talking holiness if we're trying to be holy um if we're trying to live a life of holiness then we are to take off the things of the flesh we we should not walk after the flesh we seek the spirit ask god lord fill me with your spirit um because as we read here um, he said, I will put my spirit in you, within you. Um, and even in the book of Acts, we see where the Holy Ghost first fell on those on in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Um, and so that's what it takes. That's the first step to um, becoming uh, or uh, submitting. That's the first step to submitting to the work of God in your life is the receiving of the Holy Ghost to live in you because that's what he said he said I will put a, a, my spirit within you and cause you um, help you to keep those things that are um, pleasing to me um, those laws that were established and not we don't keep you know they're not ceremonial laws we don't offer up rams and Jesus did that Jesus came and he fulfilled that we don't have to do that um, we still, you know, we don't partake in, you know, stealing, killing, adultery, idolatry, um, fornication, those works of the flesh that we discussed in one of the other videos. Um, but and so the spirit is what comes and helps us and calls us and, and taking off those things puts us in more in a place of holiness. It it, it helps us. It, it That's what holy is. That's what it means to be holy. Take off those things of the flesh. Um, you know, take off fornication, take off idolatry, take off idolatry. Don't put nothing before God. Um, you may not be building a calf, but you may be putting your job before, you know, your 
prayer life or your study life? Are you studying? Are you digging in God's word? What are you putting before your relationship with God and having a relationship where God is going to take having the spirit of God is going to take prayer It's going to take fasting It's going to take studying your word, utilizing every resource that God has given to us to be able to live this life that is pleasing to him. And so what are we putting before those things? If you find yourself putting something before, you know, prayer, you find yourself putting something before, you know, taking time out to spend with God and fasting. Um, you take you putting, you know, stuff before, you know, even seeking God for the Holy Ghost. Um, these are the things that is necessary. These are the things that are necessary to sanctify us, purify us. Um, and ultimately save us um, from a life of sin and unholiness. Um, and so, um, but it says, um, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So if you're walking after the flesh, you're fulfilling the lust of the flesh. And the more you feed the flesh, the more your flesh going to want. But they that are after the spirit, they mind the things of the spirit. So the more you're in tune with the spirit, the more you're feeding the spirit through, the, through prayer, fasting, standing God's word, learning of God, the more um, you'll walk after the spirit. It says, it says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I think I mentioned it before. Sin bringeth forth death. That the, the wages of sin is death. And I'm not talking about, you know, the, the natural death that we die. It's appointed to a man once um, to die. But then after that, the judgment. So then that judgment takes us over either into eternal death or eternal life and peace. And so it says for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you're carnally minded, you are, you know, one that is connected more to the flesh. You're more in tune with the flesh and with the desires of the flesh and what the flesh wants. If you're spiritually minded, that means you are more connected with the spirit, meaning that you're praying, you're fasting, you're standing God's word, you're seeking God's face um, so that you can gain control or more more self-control over the flesh and deny the flesh because we have to learn to even deny the flesh because we understand that the flesh is enmity as the next verse said the carnal mind is enmity against god the flesh is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god and that's why i was saying up there in verse three that for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. The flesh couldn't keep the law. I don't care. It could have been wrote on all the tablets. It could have been wrote everywhere they turned. They had frontlets to remind them of the word of God to, to you know, things that either they wore on their wrist or on their forehead. And they had, they were called frontlets. And you can look that up and it will tell you what it was. It's also called something else. I forgot the other name that they used for it. But to remind them always of the word of God and yet still they found themselves, you know, falling short, you know. And so now um, 
And so it says that the flesh, because the carnal mind is enmity of God, it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. It can. It cannot be. The flesh cannot be subject. So it takes. It takes the spirit of God to come dwell in us. And that's that's I can't stress that enough. Like it takes the spirit of God. If you desire a true relationship with God, it takes the spirit first. You that's your first step. Your first step is to submit yourself to the working of the spirit in your soul. And you know, I can't stress that enough because that is where we start. That's where we start. Because outside of that, we're not going to be in tune at all. We're going to have a carnal mind. Um, and, we, and even after we receive the spirit, we still have that carnalness there in some things. We still have it. But but it's a process. And so the more we stand the word after, you know, being born again, the more we stand the word, the more we fast. The, the fasting is key to crucifying the flesh. Fasting is the key component um of our spiritual resources um uh, staying in the word of god yes because the word of god is powerful um you know it's powerful it's alive and it, it works it washes it renews our mind you know staying in the word of god reading the word of god getting understanding most of all of the word of god because we can read the word of god all day long and without understanding we don't know where to apply it to we don't know what it's even talking about we don't even know where to start to understand so to have that understanding is is the is what matters the most um i don't care if you stay on a passage of scripture day in and day out day in and day out until god revealed that understanding then move on um but dig 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 um dig 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 and like i said that that uh, hebrew greek study bible um if, if you desiring to understand god's word um don't just browse over words um, make sure you're digging. Make sure you're looking those words up. See what those words mean. You know, when you look up a word, you may find like, whoa, I didn't know that that's what that meant. You know, help me, Jesus. You know, if it's you, if you find it to be you, you know, help me, Jesus. It's all about us being honest with ourselves. And that's God's grace. That's God's mercy. Um, God is not rewarding us according to our sins right now. Because if that's the case, we probably would all be dead by now. We probably wouldn't even, you know, especially as they did back then. If you were caught in a sin, they stoned you to death. You know, they would stone you, you know, but but God's grace. We're we're now under grace and truth. You know, it was no mercy back then. It was no mercy, no mercy. Um, and and and, you know, that that's what it was. But now God has showed us grace and mercy and not even toward us. He has, he has helped us to even show that same grace and mercy, compassion, long suffering, patience. Um, these are all holy characteristics. Um, you know, uh, love, unconditional love. Um, and, and, and just learn love is a, it's, it's a choice that we make. It's, it's not, you know, so much of a feeling love is a choice because God loves us so much that even while we were still yet sinners, even while we were still in a state separated from him, he gave his only son. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Um, he dwelt in that body to reconcile us, to give us a blessed hope, to give us hope, um, 
you know, uh, of eternal life, to give us an opportunity to be reconciled back to him, to be reconciled to that perfect relationship that we had with him. And so to, to, to put us back in a place of holiness as he, you know, uh, purpose for us to be in the beginning. And so, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's very, you know, that says something about the character of God, the holiness of God. And when we strive to be like that, like it, you know, it takes the power of God to do it in us. It is something that we can't do on our own. And scripture is telling us that scripture here is clearly telling us that. So it says to be for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God they that are in the flesh cannot please God so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God and so if you're minding the things of the flesh um, if you're walking and living the lifestyle of those fleshly desires, those lusts of the flesh, and you're not uh, repentant of any of those things, you're not changing from any of those things, you're not seeking God, you're not remorseful about any of those things, you are not and cannot please God. You are not be walking in a way that is pleasing to God. Um, and so, um, so we want, if you desire to please God, then it says that you need to walk after the spirit, um, you know, and the things of the spirit. And in that same chapter of the, the works of the flesh in Ephesians, it talks about um, the fruits of the spirit. And it's love, joy, peace, I think meekness, gentleness, um, long-suffering, um, patience. Um, all those things are characteristics of God. Um, long, uh, I think I said long-suffering. Um, it's nine of them, I believe. Um, but it encompasses a lot. Like, um, you know, it, it, it encompasses a lot. Those nine fruits of the spirit encompasses a lot um they're they are very broad in 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 definition um and in scenarios and situations that we may face um they can be applied to anything that we face those characteristics those fruits of the spirit um can be applied in um and i'm gonna just go get it for the sake of speaking it in this video I mean that's going to be in Galatians 5 sorry I said Ephesians it's Galatians 5 Galatians 5 22 starts um, the fruits of the spirit it also has the works of the flesh like right above it <clears throat> um, 
And it's talking about how the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye should or that ye would. Um, and so it's saying like it's a war. That's that's that war going on. Um, the, the war of good against evil, um, holy against unholy. Um, and so here we have it in, in its simplest forms, like holy and unholy. Like these are the things that um, it say, but if you be led by the spirit, you're not under the law. You're, you're being led by the spirit and the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. And I had... Um, Sorry. That was a mess. I'm going to have to clean that up. Okay. And so adultery, sex with someone that's married. Um, we have uh, witchcraft, sorcery, or magic. Um, dealing in familiar spirits. Um, conjuring up spirits. That's witchcraft. Um, another, um, and I looked up the word witchcraft. Um, Pharmakai was the uh, was the Greek um, word for witchcraft, and pharmakai, um, which was the root word to pharmaceuticals, um, and talked about um, you know not being sober in the mind. When you're not sober and you're high, you're open to these types of things, um, and so this is not something that is pleasing to God. This is not of God. Um, and so fornication, sex outside of marriage, uncleanness, morally or spiritually impure, um, immoderate devotion, um, idolatry with an I is, um, I'm sorry, immoderate devotion to something or the worship of an object as God. Um, that can be houses, lands, cars, children, anything you put before God, anything that you put above God, um, hatred. Um, extreme dislike or disgust, a uh, variance, contention. This is a, a variance is something that causes or somebody that causes contention, strife, quarrel. Um, emulations is a mission to excel others. Um, and you know, envious. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, wrath was another one strong vengeful anger violence the wrath of man scripture says work if not the righteousness of God um, strife is bitter sometimes violent conflict or dissension exertion or contention for superiority uh, seditions is division here sees a body of men following their own way um, arising from diversity of opinions and aims opposing God's standards and we see a lot of heresies in the world and they just opposing what God said nobody cares about what God said um, you know none of that um, envyings is painful or resentment or resentful awareness of an advantage of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage um, spite, ill will, jealousy, malice, uh, murders, killing, 
um, drunkenness given to habitual excessive use of alcohol or intoxication revelings wild partying engaging in dis dissolute behavior um and such like is what it says so it doesn't stop with these these are just um a few to name but it and such like means anything appearing to be something surrounding these things and so you know don't just take it and say well it said that but it didn't say that you know trying to find loopholes he said and such like um and so it says um as he have told you in such passing i'm in galatians chapter five um it started at verse 19 now i'm down at verse 21 um, as I also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another or envying one another. And so these are the things of God. This is a um, a few of the, the characteristics of God and, and, and things that we can also put, take on. Um, patience is, a, is another one. Um, Self-control, I believe. Um, you know, can be used in, in the place, I think they use it in the place of temperance, depending on um, certain translations, or if you look it up, it means, temperance means, uh, temperance means self-control. Sounds like it means more patience to me, but, you know, we gonna see what it say really quick. I'm gonna get off of here, you guys. Because I can talk and talk. I don't want to talk their ear off. I want to, the point to be made um, and clear about what God is saying about holiness. It's not something that um, we can attain on our own. But with submission and surrender to God, we can. Temperance is self-control. Um, the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. That's temperance. Self-control. Gentleness. Meekness is gentleness or mildness. And peace. long suffering is patience, endurance, steadfastness, steadfastness, uh, perseverance, um, slow in avenging wrongs. And that's God, man. We see God, his long-suffering, man. It's, it's just, I thank God for it. I'm, I'll be asking God, Lord, help me to be long-suffering as you are toward me. Um, I just desire to be 
have all these characteristics in every area of my life, any relationship that God allows me to have, any connections um, that God allows me to have, because I have literally seen each of these um, and God show me each of these. God extend these, especially long suffering, uh, patience. Um, he has surely extended to me uh, compassion. He has extended to me. Um, and I, I thank God for it. And I just desire to have that in, in every relationship that I have. Hallelujah. That he allows me to be. Hallelujah. Or have connection. Any connections that he allows me to have. Um, you know, in all my relationships, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to help me to be more like him in these areas where, um, long suffering is not so easy where, um, having compassion in certain situations is not so easy. Having that love in spite of, you know, is not so easy, but with the power of the Holy ghost, we always can revert back to that because, you know, though it's not easy, it's possible. It's possible. And it's, it's a matter of allowing God to change our mindsets, what our minds continually being washed in the word of God um, and, and, and staying in the word of God, studying the word of God, fasting, 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 prayer, um, of course, the Holy Ghost, that's the that's the first step um, to, um, you know, your your salvation. That's the first step to your salvation. Um, and and it is a process thereafter of, of working on different things that God revealed because God will reveal it. The more we desire to draw closer to him, the more we draw nigh to him. God will reveal those things that are in us that are not like him. Um, and his mercy and his grace helps us. That's what reveals it to us. That's what shows us. That's what sends somebody along to us um, to tell us, you know, um, wherein we may have a mis have misunderstood, wherein we didn't know. Um, God makes it possible for everybody to know. Um, God is not God's desire that any should should be ignorant of His word. Um, for the word of God tells us that. Um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And so this is the knowledge of God's word. This is not the knowledge of no man. Um, though God used several men to write and he inspired them to write. Like it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for our learning, for our, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Um, and that's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Um, but so even though God used those men to write, when we read the word of God and we begin to apply it to our lives, we see that it's alive. We see that it's alive. But if we stay in a complacent place or in a, the place where we are and we're trying to understand God's word from a place of carnality or from a place of, of our own flesh, we're not going to be able to understand it. A carnal mind don't understand spiritual things. It can't understand spiritual things. The things of God are spiritually discerned. And so in order to spiritually discern the things of God, we have to have the spirit of God um, to help us to discern, to give us that discernment. 
um, you know, to give us those gifts of the spirit, you know, to be able to, to do that, which he has called for us to do, to be that, um, that he has called for us to be. And so I hope this, 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 um, this video, this episode of let's talk Bible this week of what it means to be holy has brought some clarity and understanding. Um, if there are any questions um, concerning this video or any other video that has been posted, please feel free to leave your comments, drop your comments, um, you know, uh, visit our website. We have a, a, a form on there on our podcast page where you can leave questions, topics that you would have um, or that you desire to hear more about. Um, that you desire to get understanding and this is not a platform like I said before this is not a platform of opinion this is not a platform where I come on and say this that or the other from my own I this is a platform that we're going to the source is going to be the word of God um, the source of, of all answers are going to stem from the word of God um, not from my own thought not from my own opinion um, and so this platform is for those that desire to know God, desire to understand the word of God. Um, and, and I just thank God for allowing um, me to, to utilize this platform or this platform being available to utilize to be able to spread the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ and all that he has for his creation. Um, and so... Prayerfully, everyone has gotten what um, what we came on to give, and that's understanding um, of God's word and to see what God has to say about being holy. Um, and so tune in next week on Saturday for our next episode of Let's Talk Bible. Um, thank you all for joining in. Love you all. Bye.